Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with Elijah Kim and Chris Francis. And this was a tough one, guys. Cavs lose 100 to 97 uh, to the Heat. Uh, two turnovers in the last two minutes. Three offensive rebounds to the Heat in the last two minutes. A lot of mental mistakes by the Cavs. And and I'm at the point, I'm going to just be blunt and honest with you, I don't think J.B. Bickerstaff can win a close game against a good coach. I just don't think, I think he's snake bit at this point. I think he's in his own head. There was a moment when, I think it was after that Okoro turnover where he stepped out of bounds, um, that I was just like, this is, this he doesn't want to be there. Like he looked terrified in the moment. Um, he he looked like he was panicking just by the expression on his face. And I just, I, I don't trust him. I mean, I, they almost turned it over on the next out of bounds play uh, when they ran a really lame look for Mitchell coming off a pin down and the screen. Was, it was like just a really obvious set and the heat <laughs> tipped it to the other end and then of course they couldn't get the play they normally ran and they ended up with a very low percentage three with Mobley in the in the corner which you know is just terrible play design you know why you'd even have Mobley in the corner to begin with just makes no sense to me but I I feel like I'm piling on here so and and we'll save the maybe the two are most passionate about for this second uh for the second segment but like Eli can can JB win a close game am I just being nuts here or is is it coaching or is it playing 
Man, you know, actually, as bad as it looked, I think he can't win against the elite coaches like Spolstra. Um, but, I mean, I think he could win against, like, Doc Rivers. I mean, the Cavs, in spite of coaching, too. So, I think it's not always strictly on JB. But tonight, I feel like JB did okay with the rotations to some degree. I mean, he played the right players, at least, I guess. Maybe not at the right time. But maybe that's an, I would say that's a slight improvement, at least. But it was pretty disappointing that out of a timeout, you get a simple loop for that's the best play you draw up. Um, you, you know, you have the Mowgli three in the corner and he hasn't taken one all game yet. And then you, I, have, I actually thought the Garland three that he got was actually a pretty good play because he came all the way from the opposite wing and looped around the baseline to the strong side out like i thought that was a pretty good play it was much better than the previous play that was run pretty half-assed yeah but look i think um i think the reality is saying the Cavs are basically like 500 after their eight and one start and maybe that's just who they are i mean there's just a big enough sample size with about half a season of them being a 500 team and maybe that's you know, they started hot. And then, then to the counterpoint of that, they did have a five-game losing streak that was kind of out of character. But, you know, they're a team that's above 500. And in a, in a year where there's a – like the Cavs are probably – your record is who you are, like some coaches say. And, you know, I think the Cavs are where they belong in terms of win-loss with the coaching flaws. But – um, obviously as fans, we hope they can do better. And there are signs that they are better. I mean, look at the net rating, look at the defensive rating. Um, there's just a lot of, uh, obviously positive signs, but it's, it's tough, especially after a game like today where the players are trying to hype it up too. So it's just a tough, uh, tough game to watch and stomach. I mean, to me, you see all these close games, they've lost a three point game tonight two-point game at the Knicks, um, one-point game at the Grizzlies, um, you know, the Warriors game, which the Jordan Poole game, basically. Um, you know, the only games they've won in the have been against the Clippers team, basically resting its top six, and then the Rockets, who are the worst team in the NBA. So, it's, you know, it's a little concerning. Um, and they did beat the Bucks, you know, six games ago without Giannis. Played pretty well that night, but um, I haven't seen them beat a good team at full strength. Maybe since the well, the Suns weren't at full strength either. I mean, they didn't beat the Jazz. They lost to the Nuggets. Like, I guess the last time they beat a good team was the Suns on January fourth, maybe. Uh, but. Again, they were missing. I, mean, I don't know if you yeah. can say the Suns are good. Yeah, that was a ninety eighty eight game. It was a total clunker. So, and yet I mean, again, I, I think I don't know. Like I've had as I said before, error or whatever. So I'm much more chill about this loss now at this moment than I was, you know, during the game or whatever. You know, with the frustrations of the game. But I mean. You know, actually, it's interesting that if you look at the box score, 32 assists. I mean, Cavs never do that. 
<laughs> like I, I'm wondering if that's like a typo or is the scorekeeper juicing the stats? Because that's incredible. It was just like, I hate to go like all uh, Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy, whatever bit on here, but like it was Donovan Mitchell. Like he didn't make shots. He he didn't show up in a big game. That's who he needed to show up. This is what he's here for. You know, you you get the blame, you get the praise when you're the best player in a win. You get the blame if you're the best player in loss. You know, he didn't he didn't make it happen down the stretch. No, and and he you know David Wood was at the game tonight, and you know Mitchell stunk, and on the live thread the the note was is was Mitchell a chucker? Is Mitchell a chucker? And he certainly was that game. I thought Mitchell's thought shot selection was horrendous. Oh, um, I disagree with that completely. I, I like this. I think he just missed shots. I see. He, my like problem him. is, I mean, he when, shot 13 threes. That's exactly what I want him shooting. You yeah, know, he but just didn't make shit. I want to see him shoot those threes within the flow of the offense. Is he's coming down, and so he here's the big issue: like the Cavs were in the bonus in with nine minutes and 40 seconds left in the second quarter. And the Cavs just kept jacking. They had five or six just pull up or jab step threes that they miss. Like when you're in the bonus with 940, you have got to go draw contact and get to the line. Like you've got to beat a path to the line. That's they literally got one free throw. uh, Jared Allen out of that. Um, after that 940 mark. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's terrible. I was just gonna, well, no, I was just going to say, no, the refs were absolutely, they had money on the game. Let's just, <laughs> let's just be honest. I didn't think the officiating was oh, that absolutely. They shot, they shot twice as many free throws. It was awful. Yeah, was but the, awful. the Cavs was, shot what, what 43s. This about, what this game was about was that the Miami Heat, they're a bunch of wily vets and they outratted the Cavs because they're well, I will that's say what happened. they they were they were drawing bullshit fouls like Jay you know, yeah. 10 of 15 was ridiculous. He's the yeah, he's a he's a he's a fucking foul merger. Let's just oh. be clear. Let's just be clear. He's a <laughs> yeah, foul I'm, he, I'm I mean, he he two of those were down in the end of the game. But uh, yeah, clearly he was hunting for fouls and, and got them. Um, and the Cavs weren't, um, you know, 18 to 25 for Miami from the free throw line where the Cavs were six for 12, which certainly didn't help their cause winning. Um, there was a very early play where free throw for basically sticking his leg four feet that out. That was so egregious. He, yeah. he literally just kicked the, the defender. I forget who was defending on the play. I, I just, think it was Garland. Garland. Straight up, yeah, yeah, yeah it was straight one of the many fouls Garland got that was garbage. Yeah, all these cheap fouls. That's what I'm saying. They were calling all this cheap bullshit and but the, them get away. And I get it. Like They're the more experienced team. They know how to leverage their physicality, blah, blah, blah. It was just, But that's, that's also on the coach. I mean, That's I'm also on saying, the coach for not I think it's sticking up for his guys. I think JB's problems were entirely about lineups and lineups and playing. Oh, I'm with you, but that's, I don't care about the strategy. Like, but let's go playing, back to playing uh, Donovan Mitchell for a minute yeah, before we sure. get too far away from that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Donovan, no, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, six of seventeen from the field, three of thirteen from the line. I just thought he was just jacking bad threes, like. 
you're coming up and you're pulling up every time and you're not hitting, it's time to do something different. And the one kind of big three he had in the second half was that pull up he had at the end of uh, the third That's quarter. Good. But yeah. but other than that, I mean, it was a lot of bricks and it hurt him. And he was well, still plus. I think the issue is more just, I think he didn't know how to defer to Garland because Garland was the one who had it going to me. Uh, I mean, like, it was just basically he was getting stymied by the fouls, you know, all the foul trouble and whatever. But, like, to me, Garland was the one that had it going to an extent as well. Uh, Rub- like, Rubio also got it going, uh, and I don't know why he didn't play more. I'm, is he still on a minutes restriction? I, I don't know, but, yeah. He should have played more, you know. He should have yeah, and that kind of gets so the lineup guy, stuff. But b- before you get to that, Eli, Mitchell, yay or nay? No, I mean, he definitely had a bad game. I Shooting agree with or yeah, I mean, shot selection. Or actually was, I think he actually took some pretty bad shots. Like, he, I think he took at least four pull-up threes. I think it's okay to have a couple of those. Um, but you can't heat check when you're not hot, so... But he, yeah, exactly. he kept taking he kept taking the heat check pull ups and and the, the jab half. step, which I just hate. Yeah, and look, I think the one he made at the end of the quarter, like obviously you got to take a shot at the end of the quarter. Um, but like he started the game with one, which I'm okay with to see if he's hot or not. But then the ones just in the middle, pretty yeah, tough. Yeah, he, he was going one on two on a lot of those. Like it was just. Well, and that was the book on yeah. him that I talked about that I talked about in the beginning of the year was he's horrible in transition tra- historically, like, and that's kind of been bared out. Like, he's not a good decision maker in transition, and you know, he was fine today or whatever. But like, the, the pull up threes are part of it. You know what I mean? Like the ill timed, you know, just jacking a shot just to see. You know, like like. To me, yeah, like I think you, I think his difficulty is finding a balance between when to take a backseat and when to be clutch. You know, that's what he's got to figure out. But and to me, what it meant was deferring more to what what to me was working tonight was Mobley and Garland. They were both working and Allen. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And Allen kind of faded at the end, I thought, but yeah, I do agree he was hot to start for sure. I, I thought Allen had a really nice game, especially on the boards um, and defensively. Quarter, but you know his plus minus was not great, um, and and he had some I, rough. I think it was just a game where I think he ran like I agree with Eli. He ran out of gas. Like I, oh, like, I'll, I'll agree with you there. The where where he didn't make an impact. He didn't make an impact on the offensive boards. Like he had one one offensive rebound. And the Cavs only had five uh, for the game, so yeah. and so there was an opportunity there for him to just you know make an impact on the game, and he wasn't able to, and really no one was able to should be able to just because you know that's part of his game, you know his historically. Well, and yeah, and let's talk about you know the Cavs out rebounded forty five to thirty nine. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Whereas, and, and plus Miami got nine offensive rebounds to, like you said, the Cavs five. And that's the difference in the game. You know, there's a lot yeah, of things. Especially you in a good to. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are the things that actually possession matters in these games. They only lost by three, right? You know, yeah. so 
Like they're get, in these close games, every little margin matters, and they just couldn't stack enough. Up. They couldn't yeah. stack enough up. And and so one of the things that I thought about um, Garland to some extent, and especially Mitchell's shot selection, is the way that they were shooting these jab step and pull up threes. You're not giving your team a lot of opportunities for offensive rebounds because you're not making the defense move their feet. They're basically not swinging the side and getting the defense out of position. It's very easy when you just jab step three. Everybody's in position. They're playing that matchup zone. Everybody boxes out and collapses to the ball. And I really thought the Cavs did not do a good job of moving the ball side to side you know, making the defense move their feet. Um, I disagree. I mean, 32 assists says otherwise. I think they were popping the ball. I think it was just like every, like you guys were saying to begin with, it was just cl- when it came to crunch time, that's when in the middle of the game, I, I agree with whoever said the middle of the game. I feel like they kind of just let this one slip. I feel like they could have stepped on the, stepped on their throat, you know, midway into the game and just really put this game away. But they let, Miami hang around with bad shots and then it bit them in the ass in the end. Yeah. And, and we'll get to some other stuff about this game in a minute. Um, when we come right back, say goodbye to your credit card rewards, greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Cavs, a podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with Chris Francis and you like him and very, very strange uh, box scores in this one. Um, you had Evan Mobley um, plus 16 on the night and then you had Jaron Allen minus 17 on the night. I mean, there were some very weird net ratings, very weird swings between the guys on the bench and on the uh, and, and on the floor, and it was definitely a game of runs, and and that definitely showed. Um, Isaac Okoro got the start at the three tonight. You know, had some decent plays, um, three down the stretch, but then just had a brutal turnover just a couple possessions later. But he filled up the box score. You know, a couple of rebounds, four assists, one block. You know, I feel like he's developing still, developing nicely, but. You know, he's not giving those Cavs the, that clutch shooter at the three, which I really feel like they need down the stretch. And then I think we can all agree that the kind of the star of this game, who to me looked special, like he was just 19 points, two blocks, four assists, seven rebounds. He he was just really assertive offensively. Like, what did you see from Mobley that you liked, Eli, or didn't like? I actually thought he played pretty aggressive, especially when at the be- at the beginning of the game, 
they the Heat allowed uh, you know Caleb Martin and Kyle Lowry Mobley, and he was looking to attack that as soon as possible. So I really like that, and I think watching Bam out of bio, um, at least I think uh, I think we take for granted how good Mobley and Allen are at moving their feet because it really felt like Bam is, I think, a further along offensively for sure. But there were some moments on defense where I thought Bam looked like out of place and Garland like drove by him. Even Levert drove by him like pretty easily for an in one. And I just think that doesn't happen to Mobley and Allen as often as I thought I saw out of bio get cooked a little bit. Um, I mean, to be fair, they know. Hell yeah, talk your shit, Eli. Oh, they know that. They know that if the game is close, they can take a couple possessions off, and and Spolster will will get their back in crunch time. So you know, I I I think the luxury of a little bit more margin for error just because of their coaching. So yeah, I agree with that. I mean, definitely. And then. Heck, even the guy, the big guy they brought in the rookie, I thought he looked pretty good for the Heat as well. Um, Robinson, I think, but Orlando um, Robinson. Yep. Yeah, but back to Mobley, I thought he did have a pretty good game. Um, I think there were a couple instances where I would have wanted him to shoot the three right off the catch, but then he hesitated and then drove in. But his, um, you know, basket I feel is like a lot better this season and. I think one of the oh. best pl- plays was when he had that weird looking like push shot, but then he was like throwing it down into the hoop from five to eight feet out over Bam. I don't think I've seen anything like that in a while. So that was definitely a pretty good highlight from Mobley. Yeah, I mean, he just looks unbelievably athletic and coordinated and strong. Yeah, I think the only problem and the one we're kind of hoping gets solved sooner than later is that his shot is better than the touch on his jumper when he figures out how to kind of make that jumper work it's that's when he's really gonna unlock but yeah it's definitely i was impressed what what about you chris anything from mobley that yeah i mean let him cook jesus give him the ball nine of 15 like he should be taking 20 25 shots get get bam on a bio in in foul trouble you know what i'm saying like if they're calling bullshit. Well, yeah, but how do you do that if Mitchell's shooting 13 threes? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, that was the thing. You know, I think that's the overarching thing is, like, I think there needs to be a morphing of the offense to, like, a post-up offense of the bigs. You know, that's really the only way we're really going to have full team success and maximize everybody on the floor is if it's a inside-out first offense because – you know, that's where the advantage is that we can create with as much in the modern NBA. Now we can get pretty much any mismatch we want with Mobley or uh, J.A., you know? Yeah, that's really hard to do, though. I think you've got to have teams that really know how to play well together um, sure. and yeah. move the ball and spot chemistry. those mis- yeah. mismatches. And it, that's yep. hard with a young team. Um, there was a beautiful play tonight. Okora uh, was cutting back door, and Mitchell found him cutting from the left corner, and he threw the lob to Okoro, and then Okoro tipped it to Mobley, who right. put it in. And I was like, or Allen, I was like, that that was just gorgeous. 
Like, sure. I'm I'm talking but, about playing inside out though first, you know, like, and that's what they did. I don't know. There was a few games ago where, I mean, they just mind a mismatch. It was Garland and it was a Garland Mobley pick and roll. They switched the pick and roll. They posted up. He just went to work and made the right play. And yeah, they were yeah I think that. they have a hard time spotting that. I mean, I think they're growing with, with getting that, but it's, it's not, I think it, I think it's JB getting in the way. <laughs> well, that that may be true um but but we'll get back to that so we we talked about Mobley talked about Allen a little bit um in Okoro and then I I thought Darius Garland played a pretty nice game but over where he tried to force the ball to Evan Mobley uh down the stretch in the last two minutes and easily picked off really just not a play you can make like you have to be smarter than that it's such a low percentage play to throw a baseball pass to the post from, you know, off the dribble from the top of the key. And it didn't work. And live ball turnover to Miami, it just, you can't do that. Um, so that, I thought he was really aggressive defensively, especially early on, which was really nice to see, but he kind of, kind of cooled off. I also wondered you know, one of the problems is that uh, he got in foul trouble because uh, the Heat were running plays to get him switched on to Jimmy Butler, and then Jimmy Butler was just going to work on him um, or or selling fouls on him. And and part of that is, you know, the Cavs got to scheme better. Garland's got to be smarter. Got to come there. Um, I I didn't feel like the Cavs reacted great to that, but. I don't know what. What do you think of how Garland played, uh, Chris? He was fine. You just <laughs> you got ref called. Come on, man. Like you're 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 nitpick, you're nitpicking here, man. I, I'm not nitpicking. That that, that turnover ain't ref ball. Sure. I mean, no nitpicking matters in a game like this, so that's fine. Like you're right. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying overall, like he got ref because he got ref ball. Plain and simple. Like the refs were calling bullshit for us. Totally fixed. You know. I want an investigation <laughs> right now. Two minute report. This is Adam Silver's NBA. Just just blatant corruption. What this is this is that this is the Adam Silver regime. Just blatant corruption with the refs. And I'm sick of it. And I'm gonna speak up for the people out there. <laughs> for the people. Automatic for the people over there. <laughs> Eli, what about Garland? I think Garland played pretty well. Um I thought the first game were some of the best basketball we've seen all year from Cleveland. So, and I think a lot of that was Garland and Mitchell were playing off each other pretty, pretty well. And um, I do agree. I think Garland kind of had a really good run. He had like an eight to one assist turnover ratio over the last six games coming into this one. And today he kind of had a couple careless, um, which were frustrating because he's normally pretty good. And, I think part of the thing that compounds that frustration is a lot of some of those turnovers were to like Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent, who like I don't think on any other team those guys are any good, but for some reason it just works for Miami. Um, yeah, and you know I think another thing that just really the culture well, they do talk. The, they I mean, do, they do the they do the Toronto thing where they just foul. That's and all I mean to call it. 
Yeah, they forced you to call it. Exactly. And on Gabe Vincent, they did call it. I mean, that dude put the almost single-handedly put the Cavs in the bonus, and the Cavs did not strategically take advantage of that, which was pretty frustrating JB, to watch. JB. And also Don- but, uh, but Donovan's not that young anymore. Yeah. Don- Mitchell? Yeah, he's 26. How many years? Five years in the league now? Come yeah. On. Like, he should be smarter than that. Yeah, absolutely. You mean he shouldn't be taking 13 threes when you're in the bonus, like you said earlier? No, you can take 13 threes. I just want him to take, you know, I just want him to also mine. If, I mean, to me, the whole thing was this was a game where he needed to take a back seat. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fine with that's what I'm thinking is he should have just been a spot up shooter and he just missed, you know? So that's fine yeah. you live with that. But, you know, I feel like he was taking away opportunities from other guys, mainly Garland and Mobley. Yeah. So that's, that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought he struggled. Um, and we'll get to the guy that came in for him in the third quarter in, in a minute here. But, um, I did, I thought Dean Wade kind of had a rough game. Um, yep. his hands, did. his hands weren't there to me. He just had a hard time getting rebounds. Uh, he had a lot of rebounds ripped away from him and bobbled a lot of catches. Just did not seem like it, it looked like he needed to go squeeze tennis balls. Um, and I thought 21 minutes for him was, was not the greatest. Um, I, I thought the second best player, I, I don't know. Any, We'll get anything to add on on Dean Wade. <laughs> I think um, his shot looks really flat right now. It's almost like he's yeah, it's the very ball. line drive. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's throwing the ball and hoping it goes in. Um, Shoulders hurting him. May, uh, but it it's his left shoulder, so yeah. But he still has to. You still have to raise your hand above your. You have to raise your hand above your. Shoulder yeah, that makes sense actually hand. because you got to rise up through the shot. Yeah, but. Yeah, he's probably he shot okay in the last game. I mean, that's just the it just looked like a much different shot today compared. It's yeah. probably time. Yeah. yeah, maybe he's not in condi- game condition right now. Yeah. How many games has he been back? I just think like three or four, yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will give JB credit for is he didn't play Love tonight. Um I don't think Love would have been any Love was a special. late scratch. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, the, the, apparently he was going to try and give his back a go and then he decided given another game was what I heard. So, but um, I think the, he needs to take the LeBron Miami vacation. Maybe. What does that mean? <laughs> you, you go down to South Beach, you get the, get the good PEDs, you know, <laughs> take two weeks, you know, three weeks. Remember when LeBron did that? He took a vacation. Like, in the <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Do that. There you go. But I also think one, one thing about Wade is that, um, I feel like the team does put him in a tough spot along with probably the next person we'll talk about where he's forced to play on the wing and also as a big, and it's kind of hard to, I think be that versatile unless you're like a superstar. Um, Yeah, for sure. And when he's a big, I think that's when he's kind of like, Oh crap. Like I got to rebound more. I got to stay in. And then when he's out on the wing, I feel like he gets a little bit too trigger happy, actually. And I think that's kind of what happened tonight. When it wasn't going in, he kind of just well, lost it all. I, I actually would prefer to him just not think about it and let it fly. Like, 
but he hesitates hesitates yes and then shoots and that's the worst thing you can do like either just let it fly or or move move the ball but don't hesitate and then shoot no i agree i would i agree with you both 100 percent. like that that was definitely like eli was spot on with that like especially with wade uh right now with wade when love's out and with uh Karis, you know, which we'll talk about whatever. But uh guys have to play multiple roles and be versatile. They're versatile role players. You know, they can do a little bit of everything. They can't do it all well, you know, but they can do it, you know, they can function. Uh yeah, and I think that's a little bit of the problem right now is guys don't know their roles. Like there isn't a consistent rotation. You know, it's kinda all over the place. Um but and I also wanted to talk about before we go to the break. I thought Ricky Rubio was phenomenal tonight. Um, eight points, five boards, five assists. I really thought he gave him a nice lift at the end of the first half when he came in for Garland when he was in foul trouble, and uh, got uh, and kind of really gelled with the starters. And I was super surprised that when Garland went out with foul trouble in the third quarter that Rubio didn't come in and Levert did. Um, and I know we're, we're all talking about getting to Levert here in a minute, but um, just still on a minutes restriction. Do you know, Eli? I don't think he is. If he is, it's at least 20 plus. Cause that was the last minute restriction that was reported that he had a 22 minute. restriction. Yeah. I, I thought it was just, you know, one of JB's baffling moves is, you know, why was a Coro in down the stretch when, Ricky had been so damn good. Like, why wouldn't you just think about that three guard lineup? Just especially when you're down five and you need offense. You know, I was like a little baffled. Yeah, good point. I don't know. Um, anything to add on Ricky, other than <laughs> he plays thirty minutes, he probably gets a triple double. <laughs> um, right, I'll add right? something. I I think Rubio plays pretty well with both Garland and or Mitchell. Um, but I don't think he plays well with Levert. Um, I'm with you. I agree. And then also in a way, I think Mitchell and Levert don't play well together either. But that's what they chose instead of, like you said, Rubio and Mitchell. I think Levert is definitely best with Garland. Um, so... Obviously, yeah, you, you might have trouble. to uh, you might have to go research some two man stats there, Chris. Oh, I'm good. It's happening. You <laughs> you read my mind, brother. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Eli. But I, I wanted to I wanted to unleash the dog there. No, but I think stylistically, it just makes sense, right? Like Rubio, um, he doesn't have to be the main play initiator. Whereas I think when Levert plays without. Uh, Mitchell or Garland, he's like, oh, it's my time, and he wants to be an initiator. So when he's paired with Rubio, they have this weird push-pull thing. And it's not, I'm not trying to blame Levert on that aspect. It sucks for him, because when he plays with Mitchell and Garland, he has to be like the 3 and D wing, but then when he's kind of the See, only with the one thing. of them. Okay, so I got the numbers. They're actually... Uh, well, well, okay, so let, let's take table that for a minute. All right. And then we'll be right back and get get to the numbers. There we go. Welcome back to Cavs the Podcast. Chris Francis, Eli Kim. Chris, take us through the two man lineup numbers for the guards. Okay, so I ran Levert, Mitchell, and Garland in a blender here. Um, 
And what's funny about it is that they're all the best minutes by net rating come with them all together. They're plus five minutes with an elite offense. So they're the best lineup is all three of them on the floor. Um, into like, and then it goes, uh, Karis and Donovan is the highest net rating out of all the pairings. Uh, 462 minutes plus four point plus four point five five. Um, and then I, and, go, sorry, go uh, ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, Karis with Garland is a plus three point three, so he's a positive. The only time he's a negative is uh, as I forget. I, I think it was both of you actually said is probably with Rubio or by himself. It's minus point nine eight on the season. So that's the only lineup where he's, you know, uh, that's the only lineup that's negative out of all these lineups. And, and there's probably not enough Ricky minutes to draw a lot of conclusions. Or is there? Well, let me add them to the mix right now. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So if we add Rubio to the mix, yeah, Rubio's outstanding with both Garland and Mitchell. Um, and actually... Karis Garland and Rubio is plus 16 with a 138 offensive rate, 18 minutes. But, um, and then actually there's a lineup with all four of them that's also plus 14. Um, the pairing with, uh, let me find the pairing. Okay. So the Karis Rubio pairing, as you guys definitely, uh, perceived, you know, or just, uh, picked up on minus 27. 62 minutes. Interesting. Together. Yeah, when it's just them. Because they're playing non-shooters. That's the whole... Right. Pro- that's what I was yeah. just going to say is the reason why Karras, you know, stinks up the joint most of the time is because he's playing with the backups who can't shoot. Well, and yeah, and that'll get to, you know, the other issue is he's not playing with Chetty enough. Like... Right. Bingo, because those two, okay, uh, I'll get you those numbers. I'm pretty sure they're insanely good together. Um, yeah, they're plus seven with a 118 offensive rating in 500 minutes. Over Interesting. 500 minutes. So, and, and then what about, uh, so Rubio and Chetty, what do they look like? Rubio and Chetty are... Uh, a plus 26. So wow. they're right back. They're doing what they always done, which is yeah. fall out together. And so and that's why I was just utterly baffled why we did not see Chetty. I thought, so one of the things that just drove me up the wall about this game is Karis LeVert came in when Darius Garland got in foul trouble and basically played about 10 straight minutes, played most of the fourth most of the third quarter and then played almost the entirety of the fourth quarter, like all but about two minutes. And I was just like, this guy's got to be absolutely gassed right now. Why JB did not start Chetty out at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I thought it was, you know, malpractice uh, not to put Chetty and Rubio on the floor and put some pressure on that, uh, on that Miami bench. Raul. Well, Raul Neto. I, I, that, that, that's also an option. But, I mean, the thing that was just completely obvious to me is that uh, 
Victor Oladipo is totally forked. He can't move anymore. He's barely got any lift. A guy who literally just played 16 straight minutes chased him down and blocked a uh, shot uh, <laughs> in the fourth quarter on him. And that was such an awesome play. So Oladipo would have just absolutely crushed that ball um, with a dunk. And he could barely like he probably had about eight inches on his vertical on that shot. Like he just looks so done. And I'm like, why you're not putting a an offensive lineup out there to just pressure those guys is beyond me. It just it's coaching malpractice not to have Chetty on the floor in that situation. And I'm just super annoyed with the way that that all worked out. But again, he gets seven minutes um, that game. He goes over two from three. Um, no other stats, minus five. But he doesn't really ever touch the ball and then doesn't see the floor in the second half. Meanwhile, Miami runs a 10-man rotation the whole game. Um, nine. Nine. Yeah, nine. sorry. Rotation the whole game. Um, like, I just don't understand what Chetty – like, does Chetty only get to play on Turkish Heritage Night? Is is that the rule? Like, should we just make every night Turkish Heritage Night, Eli? I would like that. And <laughs> did you, the Cavs, the funny thing is the Cavs posted this stat when Osman plays like 20 minutes, 22 minutes a night and makes a three-pointer. I think the Cavs are like 12 and two this year. Yeah. And then, and then everyone's like comments to that as this is a really bad look on JB. Like, why are they not playing in 22 minutes and letting him shoot threes? Um, after he but just it's just so the Thunder game. Like he got just he just got twenty nine. He was seven for seven just a game ago. Exactly. Yeah. I mean the Thunder game. He was um, uh, they were exhausted in the fourth quarter and he couldn't get a minute. You know, I was there was another game where he, you know, people were like, "How could JB have done better?" I was like, "Chetty should be playing a minimum of twenty minutes every game." Yeah, like it's just absolutely ridiculous. Twenty to thirty. Yeah, and you're like, oh, 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 they ran out of gas. Yeah, they ran out of gas because they weren't playing their best players, and they weren't playing a guy that you know is instant offense. It just, it's so frustrating. Um, Isn't and, he still the best uh, player? He's second oh, on that rating in the NBA off the bench. Well, I mean, but with those four guys, I think he still has the best net rating out of anyone on the Cavs, right? Oh, yeah. No, for, for the guys who the regular rotation, he's still, I mean, the only one that was higher and he's been sinking like a stone was uh, Wade. Gotcha. I don't like, think it's like how do you go seven for seven and then only play seven minutes the next night? Like, what is that? That's just. I, I just hate JB. I mean, he's just got to, he's got to, I guess he got to beef with them. Like, he must have talked <sighs> I, shit I don't get him. it. He must have talked shit about his mom. You know, that's, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think he just only gets to play on Turkish Heritage Night. So and and with that to the 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 lightning rod in the Cavs live thread um, or in the, in the Cavs, the blog uh, uh, text thread group text. Uh, Karis LeVert minus 19 
uh, 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Eli, <laughs> tell me your opinion of Karis LeVert this game. Was he good, bad, somewhere in the middle? Like, I, he's a lightning rod for sure. I don't think the worst player on the Cavs this evening. Um, but I don't think he had a good game. He did have a couple of good moments, like the block on Oladipo that saved two points. Um, you know, he did hit a clutch corner three in the late third quarter to kind of bring the Cavs within, you know, to give them the tie at the end. And I thought he played okay defense for most of the night. And, but overall, I would still give him, if I had to give him a grade, I guess it would be like a for me um (laughs) okay and i think there's just so many the thing that makes levert so hard is he has these good moments and then he just has these absolutely like horrendous moments and you just can't like like name one uh fouling the three-point shot um when he he fouled uh tyler harrow and gave him a four-point play late in the game and then uh, another just moment is they get the stop. He gets a great rebound. There's five minutes left in the game. No one else touches the ball, and he does this weird herky jerk, and then blows the you know bank floater off the left side, which is yeah, he didn't even stop. hit the rim, right? Yeah, and then look, I get it. He has good moments too. Don't get me wrong. And I think part of it was he played so much down the stretch, but at the same just been playing for 10 minutes straight. Why are you not passing the ball to any of your teammates on that possession? Yeah, get an easy bucket. So, yeah, why, why are you heat checking there? Like, well, and but, that's so much of the Cavs. They just refuse to run an offense. And that that just, yeah. Anyway, sorry, keep going. And I think part of it is, um, you know, JB does him no favors. Like, I, like we both said, it should have been Rubio that checked in for Garland when Garland picked up that early foul in the third quarter. And and it should have been Chetty at the start of the fourth. And or. But for some reason, when they play Levert, it's like they have to play Okoro and Mobley and Allen with him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. You just, that drove it. When you said that, that just drove a stake in my heart. We'll never win. We are never going to win with a bozo (laughs) coaching like that. Seriously. Well, I mean, how about when the Cavs needed a bucket and Okoro was still on the floor? No, they had finally because he he threw that away. But, like, why aren't you putting one of Allen or Mobley on the bench and getting a shooter out there? You know, put Ricky out there. Yeah, it's just, it's it's imbecilic. Well, and it's what it is, is that it's bad coaching. Because what it is, is that he's... He doesn't have control of the guys like it's the it's the, you know, whatever, you know, it's the kids and, you know, that have taken over the classroom, you know, and, and he doesn't have control of the situation. Because must be he's catering to some egos. He's I, I don't know. Egos or that's he's I, I think we egos. have a very incomplete view of what's going on, but. Well, that's no. what it looks like. That's the, how how else do you answer how Chetty just rides the pine and and sa- we sacrifice team success for? I, I don't think it has anything to do with the other players. I think if the players had their way, you know, Chetty probably play more. I mean, he you seems, think so? 
Yeah, um, I mean, I, think, I don't think Karis I think the players love. I think guys on his team. I don't think Karis LeVert wanted to play twenty straight minutes in the second half. <laughs> you know, that, did he really do that? That's insane. What is JB doing? Like, what is he uh, doing? Yeah, let me look up what? his second half minutes because it was nuts. Um, Karis LeVert played eighteen minutes in the second half, which is only eclipsed by Mitchell and Mobley. You know, most of like he played like 16 minutes straight because he played when Garland went out with foul trouble with like two and a half minutes into the quarter. And then he played almost to the halfway point of the. Yeah. Of the fourth and see, quarter. that's the thing that, that JB does that's wrong is that he uses Karras as a substitute for Chetty, basically. Like he's like, when I want Chetty, but I'm punishing Chetty, I'm going to go to Karras, you know? Well, I, I think it's it's a philosophy thing of trust. I only trust defense. I don't trust winning with offense. And that whole thing is bad offense leads to bad defense. When you can't score, you can't defend, you know, because right. teams you are, create transition opportunities, yeah, basically, exactly for the for the opponent. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he drives me insane. Okay. In, oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, one second, uh, we'll be back with another break. Welcome back to Karis LeVert, the podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with Chris Francis, Eli Kim. This is take number three of talking about Karis LeVert. The first two, Eli and Chris, swore blood curses at each other and refused to uh, to continue the podcast. And I talked them back, and now, now they're talking. So, so, Chris, tell me why Eli was wrong about uh giving giving Karis LeVert a C minus tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> he was hard because because he deserved a C plus. I mean that's the simple <laughs> answer. Is he deserved a C plus, you know, yet again we have an unfair, corrupt judge in Eli Kim who who refuses have any integrity as far as his... hey hey oh no no we're all brothers in calves here come on no i mean he, he's a disgrace to the my lord what he's <laughs> <laughs> <so baloney>. Come on, that was a good bit. Come on. Okay, guys, keep like, going. You, no, yeah, you got to okay. tell me why. Oh, well, no. Okay, so after all that. No, I mean, uh, yeah, he's just, you know, he's he was average tonight. So, no big deal. I think well, when we, what we were talking about was, we'll hit the nail on the head again, is just, you know, he's playing with non-shooters, having to fulfill multiple roles. Is he on ball? Is he off ball? Is he a wing? Is he a defender? You know what I mean? And so he's getting yanked in a bunch of different directions and he's having and a ridiculous amount of minutes in a row. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the thing is, is that like, and what we were discussing is he really needs to play with, is he's trapped right now with Rubio. I mean, they're minus 27. We just talked about it. So right now he's trapped in a role right now where he's playing on a sinking ship. So until JB <laughs> actually, you know, decides to, you know, you know, bother to look at a, a lineup sheet for once in a while or, but Hey, JB, guess what? You should browse NBA.com slash stats. 
just just take just take a look. Just take a look. That's look at I'm some lineup data. NBA.com yeah. slash stats. You'll see some interesting things there. You'll see things like Chetty being good. You'll see things like Wade needing more minutes. You'll you know, you'll see things like don't play Stevens and Okoro unless you have love on the court to space it or Wade on the court to space it. So just I mean, God, like give it all. I mean, like we can sacrifice some sake. Like the people want to see some offense, JB. Come on, man. Well, and like, and oh bad offense God. leads to bad exactly. defense, like we talked yeah, about. So yeah. you know, and I think we talked about in the segment that got deleted, um, you know, shaving some minutes from Okoro, twenty five minutes seems like a lot for Okoro. Um, maybe cut that down to fifteen, you know, Chetty to like seventeen. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it should be a range is what it should yeah. be ranges based on what they're doing that night. And and basically he rode the wrong guys is what it comes yeah. down to is he's not recognizing who's hot. Like, that's what I don't get is how does he's there on the floor? How do you not see who's actually hot and who's not, you know, and well, how, do, how do you put like, how do you not put Rubio in as a shooter down the stretch? He's the only one on the team that was like 50 percent from three. Other than Okoro, but who stepped out of bounds? But Rubio ain't gonna step out of bounds, you know. Uh, it just baffles me. It boggles my mind. I, and I'll say, you know, I'll split the difference. I, I actually thought Karis seventy nine point nine got a C plus, but I'm not gonna give him the B minus. You know what I mean? You know, and this yeah. is the old ten percent scale back before great inflation. Um, <laughs> Great adjustment, whatever that was. But, yeah, I, I think you can shave some minutes from Allen. It's really hard to justify taking minutes away from Mobley at this point for his development. And also, he was the Cavs' best player tonight. Um, but No, I think you can because you need to protect him from himself, too. Well, that's I mean, true, like, too. I, I, you know, like, let's make sure he doesn't get injured going into the... As we have talked about... Mobley and Allen don't play that well together. Like, you may have to make a decision of, you know, only one of those guys is playing down the stretch. Like, if you want to win a game, you know, you got to have enough shooting on the floor to win. And that's really hard. And especially if you're not rebounding. Like, if you're not rebounding anyway, I'm both on the floor. You know, that that's what I don't get. I don't know. Eli, tell us why we're all wrong. Hey, man, numbers don't lie. And tonight, who had the worst plus minus? <laughs> so that's why that's my that's my defense tonight. No, I'm with you. I mean, but uh, I mean that four point play just just rankles me. Still. Oh yeah, especially because it's the first time. I mean, what what was the game? What was the, the Indiana was, game? Utah was horrible. Utah, yeah, Jordan Clarkson game, the yeah. Jordan Clarkson foul merchant game. Yeah, and look, I think that the Cavs actually played Harrow pretty well tonight. I thought that he like didn't really do anything yeah. until that play, and then yeah, and him. and honestly, I'm not even sure he fouled him on that play, but he got close enough to move his. I feel like he fouled his hair, yeah. and that was enough. <laughs> like it, it really did look like the wind ruffled his hair, and he missed swing and ruffled the hair on a guy's head. I mean, especially. Well, it looked like that he got a piece of the ball. 
Well, yeah, but you, if you get the you swing for the head, it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. like, he got the ball, though. Yeah. But that being said, look, I think long term, whether I like it or not, I think Levert's stuck in on the Cavs through the deadline now because um, he's not playing super great. He's going to be eager to trade for him, and he plays just enough well, just well enough on the Cavs in moments that they still need him. I mean, unless Rubio can magically start playing 30 minutes a night and take most of those minutes, they're still going to need Karis LeBert on this team. So. I, I honestly think the Cavs could I, – I mean, I, I would like to see Rubio ramp up to about 24, 20, 24 minutes. Like, that to me seems like the sweet spot. Problem is, I don't trust JB not to play him 35. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wonder what the minutes restriction is on Rubio. But yeah, and I think the Cavs are kind of in a worse spot with Rubio coming back because I think, I think if there is any something I do agree with, I think Levert is best with the ball in his hand, better than anticipated playmaker, and he can create his own shot better than everyone on the Cavs except for Mitchell Garland. So, look, I think the problem is once Rubio is playing 20, 25 minutes a night, Levert has to kind of go back to be that 3 and D wing, and that's not his strength. Right. And that's where he suffers. Um, See, so, I don't know if that's true shooting, because... Yeah, he's shooting pretty well from three right now. You know, maybe the option to move him back to the starting line. Bingo. I mean, because you said that him and Garland are the and yeah, Mitchell are the best lineup line. together. Yeah, it is. Like, and I actually don't hate that, especially if you do that move and you're tell Levert, "Hey, look, for most of the game, you're the three and D wing that we're yeah. we need." And I think yeah. it would simplify the role for him a lot. And look, I think he played he played good enough in the eight win uh, winning streak. One start, I mean, he, like he, he was wasn't he a was bad starting, starting three. Yeah, and I think you can live with him not scoring, you know, double digits as long as he's still taking open threes. Because as much as I'm frustrated with Levert, uh, he still has a lot of gravity. A lot of players respect his game, and they would go out there and guard him, even if he's not hitting. Well, and the other thing is, is if you close out sloppy on Levert, he is going to blow by you. Yeah, Um, and when he breaks. And hey, you've got Garland or Mitchell in one of the corners instead of Okoro. That's a much better option, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the thing. It's like, <sighs> well, and that's part of the that's part of the offense that we're not unleashing on this yeah. is off ball Garland and off ball Mitchell taking bomb threes with a collapsed defense. Yeah, and, and to me. I think the guy that maybe the coach has to sit down and say, Hey, we really like you. We like you long-term, but we need to cut your minutes if we, you know, in, and that's Isaac Okoro. I mean, maybe you say, Hey, you're going to get cut down to about 12 minutes a night. You're going to get about six minutes each half. Uh, we're going to re- unleash you on the other team's best offensive player for those stretches. And you're going to start. And then, you're going to come off the bench. Like, I think that's, and then the first guy off the bench or the first guy that sub, gets subbed out is Allen or Mobley instead of Coro so that you get more shooting on the floor, you know? Right. I, 
no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's obvious that's what needs to happen. Just statistics that we've accumulated so far this season. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know, you, you've got to get better offense on the floor. And I, I actually think that's a move JB might actually make. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Yeah, he'll actually trust Karras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the he clearly doesn't trust Chetty. So, which I that'd be the other option I'd love to see off the starting lineup. Although I think Chetty plays so well, with, you know, that'd be fun to see too. But what are you gonna do? I oh, see. I think I, I'd, go I'm ahead. gonna be real here, guys. I think there was some conversation with JB recently, though. I really do. With like the front office, I think they sat, I think they sat his ass down and told him, Hey, look at these lineups. These guys don't play Lamar Stevens. Like you're killing the team by making choices like that. And (laughs) I mean, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also being serious because Uh, like what, what, what gives you that inclination or that belief that, that, that Lamar Stevens isn't playing? Yeah, Lamar Stevens oh, is not right. playing. Well, and then sure. I also think he's playing, uh, you know, he's playing Wade more to see what they got in him. And I think they're saying, hey, look, like we can't play Lamar and Okoro ever again together. And you got to give Osmond a chance. And whether. I think I genuinely think he gets I think that's one literally point why in. they had Turkish Heritage Night was just to kill <laughs> Oh my god, this is this is so good, dude. But oh I, I really do think that he could Can we have head and shoulders model Heritage Night? There you go. There you go. I think the Jetty thing that it's just so frustrating and we'll never understand it. But he is getting the Duncan Robinson treatment in the sense that he gets like one three pointer off the bench. If he makes it, he's good to go. He gets, you know, he he gets twelve minutes that game until he makes another one. And tonight he missed his first two threes, so he didn't play the rest of the game. So it's insane. Like I can't think of a I can't think of a better way to kill somebody's confidence than to coach him like that. What? God, I'm getting so mad right now. Yeah, and then you've got. Isaac Okoro, who has the world's, like, <laughs> just, like, how bad did Okoro have to play at the beginning of the season to get out of the rotation? And and yet he's still got another chance. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what, you know, and that's what's ridiculous. Like, that's that's the disconnect between, and, and that's the whole thing is that, but, uh, you know, what I said before, wrote about it before, is a gambit. It's an organizational gambit on the ceiling of the team. They think that Chetty and Wade or whoever handicap the ceiling of the team and Okoro doesn't. So that's why they're doing it. So I, I don't know if that's true. I, I agree. I think I part of it is <laughs> just asset development. But I also think the the one thing that is frustrating from Okoro is his box score always sucks. But his advanced stats always look like so. His his box score didn't suck tonight. I mean, it was solid. Yeah, but, but I'm saying he's like not a score. That's for exactly sure. like he's he's gonna he averages like seven points a game right five to seven points a game right now. But if you look at his on off his net rating win shares like those all look oh his, his stocks no. rates are pretty decent. No, they no they don't. I mean, he's like ranked tenth or I mean, he's he's 
down with Stevens as two of the worst rotation players that the Cavs play. So, but what's his stocks rate? Oh, it's great. No, I mean he's yeah. absolutely. I mean, great. I feel like he has long term potential. I just feel like no, he's an NBA this ain't defender. the year. He yeah, he's an NBA defender. He that's he, what he, he became this year is like yeah. a legit stopper on the perimeter. But yeah. the offense just uh, you know, I haven't figured out where to play him either. Like I would love to see him get some minutes at the four. To be honest with you. I think more minute. I think that's where the minutes should come. Small ball four, like I agree. stagger Mobley and um, Allen a little bit and play him some small ball four. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, we are at over an hour now, so we're gonna take a quick break and uh, be right back. Welcome back to Cavs a podcast. I've got Eli Kim and Chris Francis here with me, and I'm Nate Smith. Um, and that's a ranking in no particular order. Um, it's a, it's a ranking in terms of, uh, Korean heritage, uh, amount. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just as a reminder, this, this podcast is 50% Korean. So, um, very, very excited to uh, come back with your favorite part of the podcast. A uh, little <laughs> Trade slop. Trade yeah. slop tonight. Um, I'm wondering if you're going to do the snort. Oh, absolutely. So I have been trying to cold turkey the Twitter. I can no longer support fascism. I, I've got to get off the Twitters. So uh, I've not been all, all the news that I have about uh, um, uh, trade slop is uh, from Hoops Hype. Um that are out there, but I know you guys have been following it a lot more than me. And um, I, I don't know if the Cavs are making a move, um, but it sounds like there's a lot of names out there. But it sounds like everybody wants. It, it sounds like Minnesota broke the NBA, um, and everybody wants multiple first round picks for guys that aren't all stars. Am I wrong there? Um, I'll, I'll jump in first and say you're absolutely correct. I mean, definitely. Like that's, I think everybody's big is full of procrastinators and prices will get more reasonable, um, closer to the deadline. But yeah, like OG Ananobi for three, they want like OG Ananobi wants a Don, they want a Donovan Mitchell package for OG Ananobi. Which is so utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Like he's not Donovan Mitchell, of course. So, um, so that that's kind of like, but you know, I, I heard two firsts for Alex Caruso, which is so ridiculous. If you look at the numbers he's putting up this year, because they call his nickname is the Culture for the Bulls. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, they have beaten the good teams and sucked against the bad ones. So I guess if that's your culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for every um, uh, Alex Caruso, there's an Alex Le- Alex Levine. There you or go. Zach Levine, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. And then, of course, dirty rumor there. You know, the Bulls are in a little bit of trouble because Vucevic is an expiring free agent. You've got monster contract Zach Levine, who... Whisper, whisper has a terrible knee. Um, doesn't have the lift he used to have. And then you've got Lonzo Ball. There's a rumor that he may never play again. 
Like I saw a whole thing the other day, just like this really weird random report that the Bulls be fully insured. Like in case he never plays again, well, they you see get... what he said today. Like no, he's he sought opinions from six different doctors. Well, that sounds very ball like, and he's having pain in his knee that no one knows why. Well, I I mean. I, I think he just doesn't want to play. Uh, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I, or that he can't. You know, no. I, I think he can't I mean, take the pain. Maybe it's Brandon Roy. You know, remember Brandon right? Roy? Oh yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, out of the league in like his fifth or sixth year. You Which know? is so insane for the Bulls because like he was literally the key to it. Yeah, but he had a bad knee coming out of college. Yeah. You know, oh. and I was always like. And, and, you know, even Ben Worth said the way his shooting form is, no wonder he has a bad knee because of the way he lands. Um, and he always, so he's pushing off that right leg. And, and I'm not, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't have great form and kinesiology wise, it, 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 I heard a lot of people say that kind of had the way he moved did not do his knees any favors. And, I feel like that's bearing out a little bit. So, I don't know. Um, What other rumors are we hearing? The big one that I was interested in is the is Phoenix going to start making some moves, like blowing stuff up or what? No, they're apparently they're in the OG sweepstakes now too. Oh, that's right because they got a new owner. Um, Yeah, and the ownership should. And then he wants to spend place. money. Yeah. Apparently, the, they've discussed Cam Johnson and Sarich in a package. That's where I was going. Yeah. That, apparently, yeah. Apparently, there's some guys available that I think, you know, haven't been named before. That's interesting. There's there's some guys on that team that if they got peeled off, I would not mind on the Cavs. I think we've talked about uh, some of them that – I wouldn't mind Dario Saric on the Cavs, although I think he's probably a guy that the Raptors feel like they can rehabilitate. Um, but but there's, you know, Chris Boucher coming out of Toronto. Um, that wouldn't be a bad guy to end up with for a third big. Or, um, uh, oh, who's the guy you like from uh, Phoenix, Eli? Uh, I mean, I like Cam Johnson. Well, yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the vet, though. Bridges? No, 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 no. Oh, the backup? Well, I don't yeah. know who you're talking about right now. Who I'm talking about. He played for uh, Indiana last year. Oh, Torrey Craig? Torrey Craig. Yeah, like he wouldn't be a bad, you know, bench three for the Cavs, you know. But, yeah, I, I feel like the only guys the Cavs are going to get are kind of like these derivative deals where they got to spin off a guy into cap space or, a, you know, I think we all expect that the only deal the Cavs might make is moving Dylan Windler's contract for something in a second round pick, right? Like are the Cavs going to do any more than that? I don't feel like they are. Yeah. I can't see them doing anything more than that. Yeah. And honestly, the prices of all these guys are insane. Like what is it? Detroit wants multiple firsts for Alec Burks or uh, Bojan Bogdanovich. Like who's going to, yeah, they're on multi-year deals, but, also, those multi-year deals cut both ways, you know. 
they may not be as good next year. At a certain point, those guys, the wheels are going to fall off those guys. And are they going to be any good actually try? You know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, did you see the real weird uh, Miles Turner contract extension? Oh, yeah. But I think That's, it's genius. Oh, I thought it was genius, too. Did you see that one, Chris? Yeah. I mean, why why you guys think that? Because they gave him a huge raise this season. They gave him like 30. They gave him like an $18 million raise this season. And then like this season, off. then it drops off to like 20 next two years like it it the cap number the years out because they had so much cap space they were able to give them a huge raise this year and then drop the number in the next two years to kind of make the money all even out i thought it was really smart actually i yeah. like that deal and i think I so, so he's pretty much locked in to indiana yeah well the they can't trade him yeah um the they might years. be able to trade him in the off season but he's definitely oh, okay. locked into indy for the rest of this season Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I mean, they're I good. So. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah, good. they literally renegotiated his salary for this season. It was kind of wild. I didn't even know you could do it the way they did it. They could because they have the cap space, so right? Exactly. Unique scenario where they could get up to like the ca- the floor, I guess, right? Yeah. Without penalty, oh, right? Just and then floor, yeah. And then they were able to. You could, and then you could lower on an extension salary by forty percent, which is what they did. So they go up to like thirty-five, and then dropped it back down to twenty million. Yeah, gotcha. Let's just go through some of the teams in the league and talk about the trade targets. We've got the Rockets, and they're probably going to be sellers. And it's um, Eric Gordon is probably the most likely. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Spurs out west, and you got uh, Jacob Podol. You've got uh, our my, my favorite Dougie McBuckets, and then um, who's who's the other guy? Um, Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson. The Trailblazers are they going to be buyers or sellers? Going to be buyers because they're desperately trying to figure out something to make that work there, and it's just not working. Like what? What's the guy that Josh Hart is the guy that's rumored? Now, there's a deal I would be interested in. Josh Hart for Karis LeVert. Like, really? what do you... So well, that was the deal that Fedor talked about, actually. I actually really like that deal, and I'll tell you why. One of the Cavs' big problems, despite their defense, is they're not a very good rebounding team. That um, They don't... I, I guess I don't know that objectively, but it just from the eye. Yeah, they're, they're actually been pretty good this year. Okay, like so what, top five. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> I feel like they're worse than that, though. I will agree with you. Nate. Yeah, like I feel like they get all their rebounds and wins. <laughs> well, the perimeter <laughs> rebounds is who sucks. I mean, Mitchell, yeah. Garland, Okoro, Karis yeah. uh, um, to a lesser degree. But, um, yeah, they none of them are good rebounds. But but I feel like Josh Hart could be a nice buy-low guy for them. You know, he's yeah, very good why rebounder. You, why are you trading Karras? Do it for a Coro. you got to – the salaries don't match up. And, right. I mean, you, it, and also they want to get it, better. It, it would take very little. Like, it would be a Coro and Windler would do it. I don't think so. I think they want more than that for Josh Hart. Sure, I mean picks. <laughs> yeah, but all the Cavs have are seconds. 
Right. So um, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying is like, that's why they're not getting, I mean, like, well, I, I know he's your guy, but I'm just saying if I were making the move, I would consider Levert. And, and Josh Hart scored 20 points a game last year. And then his, his usage has fallen way off. And so is his shooting. So it's, it's just an interesting, he's an interesting guy. I, I think he would fit well with the Cavs in a three and D role. Um, and he's a, can play a little bit of guards, got some passing in him. Uh, nice, well rounded player. This is what started the argument with me and Chris this week. Was it? Was it? <laughs> it was because I was like, hey, I actually don't hate the Josh Hart theoretical trade because yeah i'm i don't hate it either but trade him for the guy that actually sucks which is the core <laughs> but i'm saying if the yeah, cats are to trade Levert, that's what I, that's what drives the me problem is, is there's not but, enough minutes for him and Levert and the other that, guys they have on the team sure there is <laughs> there's plenty of minutes. We, we, we've been railing jb because he ra- runs guys ragged into the ground so so what if it was chetty and um yeah, of course. I said the whole basket of the whole basket of if you want to improve the shooting of the team, you know, which is what everybody talks about. Though we can't shoot, no one can make a shot. Then you trade one of or all of Chetty, Okoro, Lamar Stevens, Windler, um, and uh, and well, frankly Rubio too. But I mean, obviously Rubio's not going anywhere. Well, and Rubio's been shooting well this year, right? So plenty of guys and you know plenty of salaries that work with josh hart that you don't have to get rid of one of the guys who's not the problem with shooting <laughs> okay see the thing is trading jetty and Wimler doesn't solve anything for josh hart though because you still just have number minutes crunch because jetty's not playing a lot right now yeah that that's kind of where i'm coming from well, I mean, you could, no i mean like i think legitimately you could take some of Karras's minutes away from him, to be honest. Like in if if a Josh Hart's on this team, he I think he I think the guards could be more effective in general. Yeah. Well and I almost think yeah, I don't know. Um I don't think there's anybody else from the Blazers. Um the next team is the Lakers and I don't feel like I feel like they're buyers. You know, they're going to do something with that Russell contract and, you know, LeBron's going to so the, the blackmail him. No, the rumor with that was that there's a rumor that they want OG and Nobi and they're telling them through back channels to wait um, and they'll give them the two first round picks in the offseason. What? Yeah. They'll, yeah, but how do, do they even do the make that deal in the offseason? Without Russell's contract, or are they going to trade him into space? That's yep, exactly. That, make, that makes no sense to me. I, yeah, I would think you'd want to do that with the Westbrook contract, so you stay above the cap. Or thinking, oh, maybe they draft the guy and then trade him because can't they not trade their pick this year? Oh no, they get New Orleans pick this year because New Orleans has a rights to swap, right? Yeah, if they if, so. if they end up with that. a better pick, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, the Thunder have a lot of guys playing surprisingly well. I think the Thunder might be buyers. Like yeah, I think and make there's rumors they're a John Collins buyer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess that guy actually makes sense for him. 
and that's probably one of the few people willing to give Atlanta assets for John Collins because Thunder have a plethora of assets, but I don't know. I mean, they, at, the Thunder should absolutely do that because their front court stinks to high heaven. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah, that's yeah, because he's a beanpole. Wow. Okay, that's neither here nor there. So next up, the Warriors, who I just love the fact, like, who's their GM? Bob Myers. Bob Myers is like, oh, Bob Myers, the genius is going to retire. Oh, you mean the genius who drafted John uh, Wiseman and Kuminga and basically traded one of the best uh, draft picks that Minnesota picked from the year they got him for basically ended up with a total bust. <laughs> that guy, Bob well, Myers. No, actually there's rumors he's gone. Well, yeah, yeah no. that it was like, that was like Cobb decision. That's why. Oh, uh, interesting. Interesting. Well, the, the one I that it was made it sound like it was Lakeham's or not Lakeham's uh, Myers decision, but, I if I was well, though there's a famous like uh, Wiseman going out to dinner with Lacob and his family, maybe or just mm-hmm. his wife or something, and like uh, they were easily impressed by him being able to speak a I think a foreign language or something like they, like Wiseman could speak another language or said something yeah. at the dinner like they were wooed over dinner and decided to draft them. <laughs> that, it was a good, it, that, that's basically what they made a decision on is wow. his, his, his table manners. That, I mean, can you imagine if they'd have had LaMelo ball? I don't have to, I don't <laughs> have to. <'cause... laughs> no, I mean that, that would have been a monster pick for them. Oh, sure. What about Franz Wagner out there? Oh yeah, I, absolutely. Like I, you talk about just an all time boner. <laughs> Love it. Love, I love rest, it too. Rest in piss, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> like they're the defending champs, and they're twenty three and twenty four. You gotta love it. Okay, like at it. what point did off? Aren't there rumors, Eli? I don't think so. I don't think. I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to buy with Kuminga and Wiseman and all their picks. As the pr- the problem is, is you nobody wants those guys. Yeah, the Wiseman is a total bust. Like Wiseman's probably the worst draft pick since um, Anthony Bennett. Enough dumb, yeah. I think there's enough dumb GMs out there that just see first round pick, first pick, and just think they could. No, I don't think that. No, because I think everybody wants to rub it into like they want to make Golden State eat it. Like if it was any other team other than Golden State, they'd be willing to take on the rehab project. But nobody wants to make – everybody wants to make Golden State eat it. Anyway, next team, Jazz. Um, team, they got some guys they almost have to sell on, like yeah. uh, Conley. And you would think Jordan Clarkson because he's a free agent too, isn't he? Or he has a player option, I think. I think – wasn't Vanderbilt rumored? Yeah, Vanderbilt and Beasley are also rumored to get traded. Yeah, and – I would love – I actually thought that the Cavs, the player they should have insisted on being added to that hall built uh, because I think you'd be the perfect backup big slash four for them, but they didn't do that. Um, yeah, those guys are all available, but I, I don't – I think they're kind of the secondary trademark. Like, 
I feel like Mike Conley's the consolation prize for a lot of teams. Like I, I have a hard time understanding where he fit well, other than just being a guy. Like maybe the Pelicans would be a nice home for Mike Conley. I don't know. There's a there was talk about him going to the Clippers, like the no. Clippers point guard but like the counterpoint is is that their point guards don't really get the ball so right um, but the so problem is, is the the guys that do get the ball don't play <laughs> right yeah, exactly. in George and Kawhi so but I guess they're playing now so we're at least playing part yeah time now. yeah and then of course you got the T-Wolves who in a weird situation like I, Go Bears started to come around for them, and Ant looks really good. So you know maybe they could turn it on. Uh, you know they're the T Wolves; they're right on the edge of the playoffs, like they always are when they're remotely when they're a little good. And then okay, the Suns. You said we said we talked about earlier. Buyers, most likely the Clippers, probably aren't going to sell, but they got to get rid of salary somehow. Um, you know you like Luke Kennard, Eli. You think he's on his way out? I think if anyone will pay for him, yeah. Um, I no, think I don't think there's any way out now. He's starting now. Yeah, but he's not playing great still. Yeah. I think but he's one of I, their best players so far this season, actually. I think a love for Covington and Kennard. Uh, Co- is, your, is your dream still, still out there, man? I think if <laughs> Kevin Love's not going to play, and do the Rubio thing where you sign him in the off season. I, I'm I'm with you. Like I'm fine with it. And if if Kevin Love wants to go be a buyout guy on a team or play for the Clippers, I mean, yeah, he could want to play for the Clippers, man. He'd be the best. Like I would not want to play for the Clippers because I would not play with a Morris brother. But that's me. But it is Ty Lue who probably yeah, that's true. Doesn't hate. I mean, I'm sure him and Kevin Love love. It wouldn't be the worst place for the Cavs to ask him if he'd be okay going to. Yeah, I'm with you. The math happening. You guys are dreaming. Good I don't think they're going to move Love either, but yeah. I think the only way they would move Love if it was a total salary dump and he was maybe done for the year, uh, and then it might be the the kind of like the Rubio deal. But who knows? Uh, next up, Mavericks. Buyers, right? Oh, for you, sure. You got your <laughs> Levert for Dorian Finney-Smith. That's not But happy. they've been winning. Yeah. They're 20. Ironically, Dorian finney it's like in spite of DFS and THJ being terrible. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, and then you got the Pelicans, who probably have as good of a war chest as anybody. Um, probably ought to be a little bit better than they are, but Zion, once again, injury issues. Um, yeah, I don't, another big guard, no, you know what I mean? Dyson Daniels. Yeah, but he's like, I feel like that team could compete. They're fourth in the East. Like, why wouldn't you be looking at making a run or fourth in the West? Why wouldn't you be looking at making a run or is the West a, a two team between Denver and the, the Grizz. No, well, it's, it's wide just, open, I think, is the convention. Yeah, it's like, isn't it? Four to 13 is like only two and a half games or something like that. Yeah. So the yeah. West is tough because 
I think if you're like the Grizzlies, who you know, let's transition there. They they should be the team that's most into OG and Anobi. Yeah, well, I've heard that rumor. Yeah, and I think and, that makes a hundred percent sense. Well, and they're probably a team that needs to give up a bunch of prospects for a player. Like they need to consult, um, because in the playoffs it doesn't matter if you have twelve good guys; you need eight good guys. You know. And and they need to get a little better. Like OG Ananobi would be a really nice player for them, and, and he's a better shooter than Dylan Brooks, who, by all accounts, takes a lot of really terrible shots. <laughs> so, and then you got the Nugget. What was the rumor? I heard Bones Highland. Yeah, no, George Carl hates he's, Bones he's, Highland. He's gone. Like that's it's pretty much a hundred percent given. So what's the story there? Because I haven't heard anything about that just it's been locker room issues uh there was like apparently i heard a story about him like pre-draft like he walked out on a workout or something or like he walked out on a either walked out on workouts or he walked out on a team or something just was gonna refuse and then right now what he's upset about is his minutes in denver so, um, as a second year guy on the best team in the West, yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, and, and actually, the same for actually, ironically, the same thing is happening in Boston with Peyton Pritchard. So, like, he's he like went on like social media to say he was not re signing with Boston no matter what, pretty much. <laughs> so. Which is Peyton so Pritchard ridiculous is, because yeah, he's Peyton Pritchard. He's like, <laughs> oh my God, Peyton Pritchard. Like, fringe who, rotation players getting sassy with it. <laughs> hey, to be fair, I'm happy because remember when Isaiah Thomas scored like 60 points in a pro am game and everyone's like, oh, like he, like, why is no NBA team signing him? Yeah. It's unfair. Well, Next day, Peyton Pritchard scored 82. So then all, <laughs> everyone, everyone kind of slowed the Jets on the... On, the, uh, on Brinks truck? Yeah. So, they put the air brakes on the Brinks truck. So I am thankful, will forever be thankful for uh, Peyton Pritchard doing that. <laughs> Peyton yeah. Pritchard. Like, what a nobody. <laughs> like, these French guys, like, you got to realize, you make a name as for yourself as a guy get along with people in the locker room and you are not like a supremely talented player you're not going to be in the league like there's 20 other guys waiting to take your spot (laughs) i i just don't understand that attitude at all anyway um okay well the nuggets i don't think the nuggets make many changes other than trying to move highland but i don't know what they get for so but I mean, they can, they can get something, and I think they're what they're, and it makes sense for them because replacing Highland with an actual vet, you know. The problem is, is do they have the salaries to aggregate to make that work? Right. I don't know if they do. Right. Well, I mean, one idea I heard pitched that doesn't seem too bad was Caruso to Denver. Yeah, for Highland and a first rounder, maybe. Oh no, no, like. It'd be, you know, or yeah, I don't know which way the picks would go, but I mean, just the... Holy cow, LaMarcus Aldridge is on the Nuggets. Did you even know that? Or not LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, what's his name? 
the dunk guy from uh, the clip from Lob City. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's oh, yeah. hilarious. No, that's that. They're that's why they're looking for a big as well. <laughs> because <laughs> DeAndre Jordan is so cooked. Like, talk about a guy that I just cannot understand. He must be an amazing Like, he's yeah. like the opposite of that phenomenon. Like, he's so terrible, but yeah. yet he keeps getting signed. Yep. No, he's our ultimate vibes guy. No, what's funny is that the conspiracy, uh, the joke conspiracy is that they played DeAndre Jordan to boost Jokic's uh, advanced stats. Because his, um, so his warp, his, his wins against off replacement. Way better. Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So that kind of takes care of the West. The Pistons. I feel like they're sellers, but they're one of these teams that's like, oh, we want two first-round picks for these guys, and it's a little bit ridiculous. Like, they're going to come down to one and probably move Alec Burks, who's always going to another team. Um, I still like the Alec Burks for uh, Okoro idea, but I don't want to sell on Okoro either. So the Cavs are at that weird crossroads. Do they try and compete now, or do they develop their... Assets. Yeah, that's the whole thing is that like what it's like the data says they should be going for it. Right. Like this is a team that can win the the title. My problem yeah. is is they can't win with this coach. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll find out how good he is in the playoffs. He's never really been there, but when he's been there, he's totally flopped. Like yeah. you can win a game in the playoffs, to be honest with you. And if they don't, like, if they make the play-in, if they get dropped down to the play-in again, I don't think he can make his way out of the play-in because I think all those teams he's going to be playing against are better coach teams than his. So we'll see. Anybody else from the Pistons that interests you? I mean, we've heard the names, Sadiq Bey, Alec Burks, Bojan Bogdanovic, um, Corey Joe, guy that might get bought out. Um, I don't think any of those guys. I mean, I think Bogdanovich would fit on the None Cavs, the, but yeah, but Cavs don't yeah. have the ammo. Yeah, I mean, he does. He's not good enough to warrant the ammo. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 cooking on a bad team with no stakes. Uh, yeah. and, and he and what what did he do last off? What did he do last playoffs? He got cooked on defense and had to get benched. Yeah. So. Next up, we've got the Hornets, who actually I think are a super interesting team because they have a lot of guys they could sell. Like Terry Rozier, I think would make a ton of sense for a lot of teams. You know, 21 points, five assists, really good shooters, 28. You know, for a team like uh, L.A., I think he'd be absolutely perfect. Um, Then you've got... uh, Ubre, who we talked about, he's got a broken. That's the guy I think the Cavs. If I didn't hate Kelly Ubre, I think he'd be a really nice fit. <laughs> uh, he averaged twenty points a game with a broken hand. Um, Tsunami uh, Poppy himself. <laughs> where, what is that nickname? It's the best nickname in the NBA right now. <laughs> what is it? I don't get it. Like, what? What? Do you know the origin it's story? Handle, it's just his handle, right? Yeah, it's a oh, okay. It's not like Swaggy P. And then he's apparently, apparently, allegedly attractive man. So that's why it's Poppy. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe we don't need that on the cast. <laughs> yeah, we already have it. We already have Jetty Osmond to do that for And yeah. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> and Kevin Love. So. Yeah, that is a lot. That is, we, that, we got that all pretty boy team, apparently. Yeah, that's a thirst trap like right there. Yeah. They <laughs> all look pretty on the bench for JB staff, except for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Like anybody not named LaMelo Ball could be traded from that team. Um, Gordon Hayward. Gordon still Hayward. Tradable. Still tradable. I mean, you still wouldn't do love for Hayward? Oh, man. That is a devil's bargain, isn't it, Eli? I just would hate sending Kevin Love to Charlotte. That's well, I think I think the agreement would probably be that there'd be a buyout there. Yeah, but then if you do a buyout, he can't come to the Cavs in the offseason. Yeah, he can. I thought you couldn't. I thought he had to be a whole calendar year. No, no, no. No, no, no. He can come to the Cavs. He just can't come the same season. The same calendar season, he can't be there. Oh, just he could come back in the off season as a free agent, but the Cavs. Really, would have I thought it. I thought it wasn't that. No, he just can't do the Ogalskis thing where he's on the bench for ninety days and then it's got to be the next season because that was the whole thing with Ogalskis was he got waived before the waiver deadline where if you're on a roster you can't be on a playoff team and then sat out i think it was 60 days and then signed with the Cavs for the same season that was the rule they got rid of but there's nothing stopping you from signing the same guy the next summer gotcha they wouldn't have any bird rights he'd have to fit into an exception um thank god you know this stuff this is so freaking complicated <laughs> so the other guy i really like um who who admittedly doesn't make a ton of sense for the Cavs, but Mason Plumley, I think, would be so much of a better backup to for the big men than uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the worst Lopez brother. It just makes me so mad that like Robin Lopez is Brooke Lopez's twin. Are they identical twins? Because I they look oh. like they are. I don't or, think so. Okay, because Brooke Lopez still looks amazing. And Robin Lopez looks so damn slow that he's moving in slow motion most of the time. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I but I like Mason Plumley would be a nice thug for the Cavs. Like they need a goon. Um, he is a goon. Yeah. Then you got Cody Martin, who looks like a terrible signing. Million averaging five points a game. P.J. Washington, who we've talked about many times. Um, Jalen McDaniel's. Like uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who's kind of turned his career around there as a defensive stopper. Um, but yeah, I feel like the only guy who's safe on that team is uh, is Lamelo, Lamelo Ball. So they're a weird team for sure. Yeah, I mean they're stealth tanking. So oh, I mean, but I also think that uh, they have a lot of guys that could trade. Uh, and pick up a lot of picks. I mean, has that team ever been good since Jordan's owned them? Yeah, I don't know. No, the Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're struggling to think about it, it's probably not true. <laughs> the Magic, I mean, it's probably the only guy that gets moved there. Um, yeah, they're, that, in the, they're in the scoot, sweep, scoot sweepstakes. Yeah, I mean, Gary Harris maybe 
I don't even think Terrence Ross has any value at this point. He's so bad on defense. I, I can't even see him playing for, you know, I can't see a playoff team would watch, want him. Then the Wizards, I feel like, are yet again in tank mode now that they've uh, uh, dumped Rui Hachimura. How's Rui been doing? Japanese Jordan. He's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. So he's he was pretty vital tonight. I thought he had a huge block in the little snip that I saw. So, good. Good. Yeah. Happy to see cool. it. I mean, I actually think he's a guy that probably would play well with um, LeBron because he can catch and shoot. You know, kind of reminds me of Jeff Green a little bit. Maybe a young Jeff Green and how he fit with the Cavs. Yeah, I can see that. Although Jeff Green wasn't young when he played with the Cavs, but yeah, but he was still pretty athletic. He was like that yeah. high flyer at thirty-four, Uncle Jeff Green. <laughs> so. Yeah, what's he doing with the Lakers? Eleven points, um, three-point percentage, Ooh. but played about four games. He's doing okay. Um, what else we got here? Okay, so the Wizards. I don't see him moving. I do like DeLon Wright. I think DeLon Wright's a guy actually would make a lot of sense on the Cavs. Um, But the problem is he makes just a little too much money to trade anybody but Chetty for him. I don't think that makes sense. Uh, And Will Barton is washed. Anybody else on the Wizards intrigue you? Or are you guys just done? You guys are getting awfully quiet. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a deal or bust. Get the get guy I would game. love is Daniel Gafford, but he's he's got a big uh, contract extension kicking in. Um, yeah, he was a good pickup, but then he's kind of falling off too. Well, they don't play him enough, though. They they right. the right. Wizards, yeah, they're also still tanking and they're kind of stupid. <laughs> anyway, the Raptors, who I think everybody on that team who isn't named Pascal Siakam. Uh, or Scotty Barnes is probably available. Well, no that that was the that was the scoop was someone lit up Scar- Scotty Barnes on social media, like just completely trashed him. Oh yeah, no, I mean Man, the, the vibes are not good there. He he seems to have gotten a very big head. Yeah, that's that was the rumor. Eli and shambles. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> No, I'm I'm happy to see it. Like I still maintain that Mobley not getting rookie of the year probably one of the best things that could have happened for his development. Like put that chip on his shoulder, don't let him get a big head. Um I I think it was actually really good uh in the long run, but you know, everybody's saying Gary Trent Jr. is a to be moved. Um but the problem is he's a pending free agent. So and he's going to go whoever gives him the most money. I'm surprised he was only 24. He feels like he's been in the league a lot longer than that. Came out as a Yeah. Yeah. No. It's a weird one. Any, anybody inter- any interest in the, the Raptors? Or you just want me to... You're waiting for me to get through this list. No, I mean, I think... I think Gary Trent, but they just don't have the... Ambulance. Yeah, they don't have the assets. Like, it's yeah. going to take a weird deal for the Cavs to make any move yeah and I just think the I just think candidly I think for some reason it just feels like the Cavs 
don't really need to make a move. I mean, the more and more I watch them, and ironically, they're like losing more games now, but I feel like they have the solution in house more and more um, that we I watch. That's my opinion. His name is Quinn Buckner. Shout out to Evil Genius, baby. <laughs> the buck stops here. I yeah. like him. Like I just who? Think, I think they just gotta play Jetty, Wade, and Ruth. Yeah. I mean, that just solves a lot of problems. <laughs> and Okoro and Stevens a whole lot less. Well, they got rid of Stevens, so we're, yeah. we're one down. One or two. Agenda, the agendas are coming together, folks, here. Yeah. On, also, I'm like, you cannot play... This is my problem with Okoro in the starting lineup, is you can't play three non-shooters with Mitchell and Garland. It's stupid. You know what I mean? And we're with Tower o- City. We're with Tower City. Well, that's what I'm saying. With Tower yeah. City, like, you've got to stagger those guys, and if you're going to start those both those guys, which you kind of have to because they're both so good, You've got to have a guy who at least gets respect from three. You know what I mean? Like, people just still lay way off of Coro, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's no... We've already seen it so many times. This yeah, season. I mean, we, don't we spent the them. first they half of this podcast yeah, talking about it. Yeah, they don't... So. The other thing is, the Cavs even did this last year with JB. Uh, obviously, last year without Mitchell. But they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just play... Uh, Garland and Markinen as our only two shooters, and we'll start the game with three non-shooters too. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So I don't get it, and it's not like they played um, terrible last year. They had good advanced stats, but um, I just think, like, when will JV just be like, you know, I give up? I'm from now on. I'm going to just have three shooters on the floor at all times. Like I'm just going to. I I think my title pick tonight is going to be that panic face when Okoro went out of bounds. Like I'm going to go back and screen cap that. Anyway, um, probably good. Yeah. Okay, so we got ten teams left. The Bulls. We talked about them. You think Black, Zach Levine gets moved, or Demar Derozan, or they just kind of do what the Bulls always do and stand pat? I don't think they get moved. And I think they're actually playing a little bit better lately. I, I do, too. I mean, they're kind of nipping on their on the Cavs' heels at this point. They're number 10, but there's not a huge difference. Like, I guess they're 21 and 24, so. No, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, their thing is they've got decisions to make. Like you yeah. said, they've got a lot of decisions to make, and the Lonzo Ball situation basically complicates it because, like, they don't know – yeah, if he's even coming back this season, that's what's insane. It's like, I don't think he's going to be back this season from everything I've heard. Well, what do you yeah. think it is? Do you think it's like a mental thing, or do you think no? Just... I think he's got something. I think he's probably got a soft tissue injury in his knee, and they don't want to disclose it. I mean, well, I think you know, no, but it's kind of weird because he already got his money. So right, yeah. No, I think it could be. I think it could be mental in the sense of he. Like, this game requires you to power through breaking your body down. You know what I mean? Like, it's a tough league. Like, you don't, you know, you sacrifice your body in, in the NBA. And I don't know if he's, you know, that level. You know, he's probably, you know, he's got a good family. They're all comfortable, comfortable life, you know. 
Well, I think the other side of it is kind of what I talked about it before is kinesiology was like, he's probably already thinking about his next contract. Like, do I want to play through hurt through this rest of this contract kind of ruin my numbers or do I want to try and get healthy and get another big contract down the road? Like that's probably the count. That is my take on it anyway, just from everything I've seen about the balls over the last 10 years or whatever. I think it's pretty crazy that the last report said the doctors don't understand why, or if there's pain, the team doesn't know why his inner circle doesn't know why. Now that being said, this is the bulls who have a reputation as being one of the worst teams historically to handle injuries. That's true. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, Derek Rose, little dang, get playing in the playoffs <laughs> the same day. Didn't he get an infection from the spinal tap? I'm not sure. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was Holy just shit. insane. Yeah, it was insane. The Bulls are horrible training staff. So, up next, the Pacers. Um, I, he, Turner's not going anywhere. I don't think Heald's going anywhere. I mean, he yeah, could go somewhere. I think if they got like a two or three first round solid first round pick, I'd consider it because they have so many good young players on that team. Yeah, I mean, they and he yeah. kind of doesn't fit their timeline anymore. I I don't know. I mean, like I think they would probably be a candidate for stealth tanking for sure because Hallie's injury. Yeah, how long's Hallie out for? I don't know. Do you know Eli? No, but. I thought I also saw a rumor that they're down to trade uh, Duarte. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised just because he kind of, they kind of have an excess of guys at that position now with Nesmith and um, Maturin. Uh, yeah, Maturin and yeah, Buddy Heald. You know, they have an excess of wings. Um, Jalen Smith, who's more of a four, but. Yeah, they're a weird team. I think the Cavs should try to pry one of those guys for Dylan Windler. <laughs> I don't get anything for Dylan Windler. I'll really no, the only thing you're getting for Dylan Windler is a guy on a worse contract. But see, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I, I don't think so either, but I don't know if there's that many of those guys out there. They need to find a guy who makes like five to six million for another, like one more year past this one just to have yeah. a trade chip. I, I threw some names out you the other day and they're all very mediocre <laughs> that's the problem like they're just very medium um okay you think there's a secret tray blockbuster in there or do they I hold on to tray i don't think they I thought they were playing better recently they are yeah they always played better in the second half of the season um yeah they're a weird team you said bogdan bogdanovich is probably going right Eli? Uh, I, they're in a conundrum though because they have, they're going to have to pay DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, I didn't realize Bogdan Bogdanovich was thirty years old already. Yeah, he's older than you. Well, think. he came into the league real late. Like he was like twenty five when he came in the league. I think maybe even older because he played in Europe for a long time. What were you saying, Eli? Before that, I, I think the problem for them is they got a they got so many. Mid to high salary guys already in the in the yeah you know they got to pay Hunter 
Collins. I think if they get rid of Call, if they trade Collins, it probably alleviates some of that stress on yeah. Bogdanovich. Yeah, and they're in that weird. They're almost in the same boat as the Cavs of they're kind of set up to compete in the future, but they're also kind of set up to compete now. And see, they should be doing what the Cavs like what everybody says the Cavs should be doing is that they should be in the player mode than the Cavs should be in. You know what I mean? They're the ones that are actually not good enough to win. They're not competing this year. I the feel the like problem they, is, is they're too good to do that, though. Right. And also they've got a player they that's made, super problematic. And they already made the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. And right. they've got right. Trey Young, who I don't know if he'll ever win any consistently in the playoffs, like all it takes going to target him every single play, and you're going to beat him in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's on him. Like, I'm, they, they, it's I, a I, flawed I, roster. Yeah. No, I think paying Hunter was a big big mistake. I actually don't think it was a. I don't know. Yeah, he's not that good. Yeah, I mean, they're paying him a hundred mil, right? Yeah, that's crazy. What's his contract? <laughs> Con, yeah, he's holy cow. No, it wasn't a hundred, it was 86 oh, or 88 million over four years. Still, yeah, <laughs> after this year, yeah, that's crazy. Adrian Griffin, better. Well, like, there's a guy I feel like I feel like there's so many guys on that team they overpay, and then like, I feel like how long until they're gonna want to get off Clint Capella because he doesn't make a lot of sense for them either. Um, but he's a really good rebounder. Like, when's a, when are they going to try and make a Kongwu the full-time center? You know, they're a weird team. Yeah, and if you make a Kongwu the full-time center, I think you want to keep Collins. I would, I would imagine. I think they should get rid of Capella, not Collins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think actually Capella would be a really the Lakers. To be honest with you, like if you're the problem is the Lakers don't have any picks. <laughs> like they woo-hoo. should find. Hmm? I said woohoo. Yeah, no, I'm happy to. Okay, let's go to the next. Um, Evan Fournier. Huh? They're a buyer, but they have one of the worst contracts. They might have the worst contract in the NBA right now, which is Evan Fournier's three years and another forty-eight million dollars. Like, and he's terrible. He's so he's just fallen off a cliff. And then Derrick Rose is pretty much washed at this point. That's another terrible contract because he's Cam got Reddish. Yeah, like they they're not getting more than the second rounder for Cam Reddish. But I I don't I think Cam Reddish is out of the league in two years, in a year and a half maybe. Um, and they're getting ready to massively overpay Obi. Gonna be fun. <laughs> Good for Obi. Yeah. Yeah, um, Quentin Grimes going to – I mean, they're actually an interesting team. They just need one more guard. I feel like, boy – Perhaps like got, Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> they'd be so good with Donovan Mitchell. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. In fact, they'd be very similar to what the Cavs are with Mitchell Robinson and uh, and Hardy. Is playing well for them lately. Um, But, yeah, I think they're a buyer, but I don't know what they're buying. And they have that weird where they only get CAA guys. So um, then you got the Heat, who I think would like to be a buyer, but 
like what it, nobody wants the contracts they have like Duncan Robinson's um Duncan Robinson has a worse contract than Evan Fournier and then they have that terrible Dwayne Deadman contract like and they have some young players that are interesting you're ignoring the worst contract that the actual worst contract in the NBA which is that Lowry oh how bad is it yeah but he's only got one more year after this year He's already washed, though. He's making $30 million. Yeah, but it's not the number. But, yeah, I agree with you. He's 36. They never should have extended him. That was silly. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Never trust a big butt and a smile. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) But he looks so bad today. Like Yeah, he does. He's a it's, total rat. That's all, he rat. He's, that's all he has left. Game yeah, yeah. I mean, at least he got the money, you know. I think they should just do a Van Vliet Lowry trade and figure out some draft capital and, and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Do you see that Van Vliet signed with Clutch? Oh. Yeah, did did OG as well? I thought he might have as well. I don't know. Is OG a free agent this offseason? No, he has one more. Next, up, next one, yeah. Yeah, let me see if OG did. Um, Yeah, clutch. He is clutch. Oh. By the way, Denver's pounding the Pelicans without, and Bones Highland is in street clothes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm watching that too. Although the it's still early in the fourth quarter, the Pelicans That's could true. come back. That's true. I, I I feel like one of the problems with the Pelicans is they don't have enough size at the guard and wing. Anyway, oh, um, Miami, the Cavs, we've covered the Nets. The Nets want to be buyers, but I don't know what they have to trade. Okay, never mind. Found the worst contract in the NBA, Ben Simmons. No, yeah, yeah. That's it. No, I'm so no. glad the Cavs didn't trade for that guy. Oh Guys, I'm still on the train. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god! My wife real loud. Oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, they have a lot of tradable contracts. I'll give you that. I mean, they got Seth Curry. They got. Yeah, um, what I just realized is. Eli can never slander me for Karis because he's on the bench. <laughs> it's the best wow. <laughs> I can slander. I, I will forever have that W. Oh, uh, my favorite. I, my favorite is uh, um, Ben Worth calling him a poor man's uh, Giannis. <laughs> Which I get from a play standpoint, like right. a game standpoint, but just yes. from an attitude and um, just as a human being, it's like not even in the same, like one, one of those guys is a ridiculously competitive winner. And one of those guys is a ridiculously ridiculous wiener. <laughs> so anyway, um, Harris, they've also talked about moving. Um, he's cooked. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, or he needs another year to come yeah. around, but yeah. Like, they're a weird team. Like, what assets do they have? Do they have that many draft picks? I don't feel like they do, but... They got something from the Harden trade, I'd imagine. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe they got some picks there. <laughs> <laughs> got a big old... Ass- 
105 million over the next three years. Love it. Love it. I love it. God, it's yeah. so, it's so wonderful. They got KD asking for a trade. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you know the worst? Like, you're totally going to see coach of the year for um, Jacques Vaughn. Like, that's going to be a thing. Oh, for sure. And sure. and when his job was to make Kyrie not play like a piece of shit and get out of Kevin Durant's way, yeah, I mean they're all they're all KD merchants. Let's be honest. Yeah, and then of course they have a Morris brother, which automatically makes me hate them. And then you have the Bucks. I've heard are dangling Grayson Allen, yep. um, to try and get an upgrade. I'm not sure what they're going to be able to get, but they're going for Crowder. Ugh. Why? I'd rather have Grayson Allen. I think I'd rather have Crowder. Uh, I, I think I have. I'd rather have. Yeah, I mean, for, can Crowder even I'd play? Have Dylan Windler. Like, at what point yeah, is Crowder oh, washed? Wow! Oh, oh my man. god, Eli, that's awesome. I, I respect that actually. I respect you. Yeah, cap space, baby. Oh, Dylan Windler and a big old vial of uh, platelet enriched plasma. Like, come on. <laughs> Like you can just build a functional knee ligament out of that. At least he's not limping anymore. Yeah. No, I feel bad for the guy, and and honestly, he's never done anything. Other. It's just bad luck. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think they're a buyer, but I don't think they make. I don't think they end up making a move. Uh, and I still think they could win the whole thing. Like, because I yeah. still think when motivated, Giannis. He's probably the most unstoppable player in the NBA. And then you've got the professional foul merchant team, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, um, which are hilarious. You got uh, a lot of people saying they may be buyers uh, and they may try to uh, package Tyrese Maxey and um, oh, PJ Tucker together to try and get somebody. Because PJ Tucker just looks totally cooked right now. Yeah, but who are they like? Uh, who's the target? Because hard time thinking they're going to trade Maxi. Yeah, but the problem is, is he's. I don't know. That's just a rumor I heard. Just because he's so bad on defense. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Like, he's can can young. they win with him? Yeah, and yeah. Young. So he's going to yeah, take exactly. time. So. But I would imagine the only way they trade him, though, is I'm guessing they are probably, you know, for a sky high price. I want no, to- like it would be for a star, right? You know, it would be for like a, um, oh, who's the guy from Washington? Bradley Beal. Beal. Yeah. Georgie Snyan. Well, and they're a team that's trying to get under the cap too. Um, I'd like Yang on the cat, uh, Georges Yang, or, um, who's the other guy we talked about? Freaking Korkmaz would be nice on the cat. Yeah. Actually the guy we should have stolen from them or somehow. Yeah. Uh, was uh, Isaiah Joe. Yeah. He's tearing it up for, uh, Toronto. Oklahoma. Or not Toronto. Okay. See. Yeah. Yep. And then of course the Boston's talking about going all in this year. Um, they're one of the Ananobi teams. Are they? Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah, basically giving up, you know, Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, I mean, who will it have to be? Also, I imagine one of Brogdon or uh, Derek White, or what? Like how to? Well, they want to. I think it's Gallinari, Peyton Pritchard, and just in Blake Griffin, and and they can get about twelve million dollars in matching salary together. Do Boston have picks? Is that what? Yeah, and they have a lot of picks too. They have ten future picks, so. Not they don't have a pick this year, but they have all their picks twenty twenty four and beyond, except one. They they traded one. Yeah, they don't have their pick this year. No, yeah, no, they traded a future one for Derek White. Yeah, but I think it's pretty far out. Right. Oh, it's twenty twenty eight. Yeah, but they have the rest of them. So, yeah, I could. That would be a very hard team to beat. <laughs> Um, but if I were them, I'd be maybe looking for a four. Um, although Ananobi is one of those guys who can play like three positions, right? Like they even play him some small yeah, ball I'd center, imagine. right? Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely play him at the four. Yeah, or even at the five. Yeah, that's a the Celtics are gonna be a tough out for sure. So we've beaten this train. Eli, you got anything to add? Anything to pitch? What what do you or, think? Anything? What do you? Who do you think's most likely to get traded? In the whole association. In the whole association, is it? Uh, I think it's probably Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, I'm and I don't think wow. I don't think it's going to be for a lot. I think at the end they just want to get rid of him because they don't want to have to be in a conundrum where they have to pay him like twenty million. Sign and trade. Yeah, I think it's a like a team. I, that might be a team that the Bucks, like Grayson Allen, for Gary Trent Jr. might make some sense. You gotta there. There has to be a lot more dollars going out, which is unfortunate, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Gary Trent Jr. makes like twenty million, doesn't he? He's like eighteen. Yeah. Oh, eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I could see Miami maybe trying to do a deal there too, but I don't think any salary anybody wants. Yeah, there's would, no big there's there's no big name, is there? Like is is OG Ananobi the biggest? I, name I think there? Fred Brandley. There's a more than a little chance he gets moved. Like that move you said to Miami actually isn't crazy. Um, and, I actually think a Lakers move wouldn't be bad either. No, I I think that's the other thing. But also, I think LeBron's kind of maybe setting up Miami as his fallback too. Like they just totally shits the bed and he wants to blow it up and demands a trade. Like maybe he tries to set up Miami as that team again. I don't know. Although I think he wants to stay in the, yeah, I don't know where LeBron would go. The other guy, I, here's a surprising name. What about Draymond? Uh, I don't see them trading. No. Yeah. You don't think so? They just got they just got healthy together now. They're about to make their run. About to make their run. Um, any chance Dame gets moved? No. But do you no. feel like? What if New York gave up like a king's ransom for him? I mean, they probably should, but it's kind of hilarious because that would be a bad move. <laughs> Damian Lillard, agent. Is he a CAA guy? Oh yeah, he is. Oh, uh, Aaron Goodwin of Goodwin okay. Sports Management. Yeah, that Aaron Goodwin came from a major 
he he started his own agency after oh, okay. working at a big one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So not clutch. Like I feel like you could be at one of the other agencies, but you couldn't be at clutch and go to the next. <laughs> yeah, probably not. That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know any other big names. Zach Levine can't see it. I I don't think anybody wants to take it on. I don't. I think his contract's too big. And the Lakers yep. would. Yeah, the Lakers would. Uh, okay, you're right. I would agree with that 100. percent Yeah, but if you're the Bulls, do you, would you do that for? They should. They distant picks. Actually, really good. I was the Bulls, and you were ready to blow it up. I think you easily do that deal because then you get off of the money. Mm-hmm. You let you let Vucevic expire, and then your only big contract left is DeRozan. Yeah, and you could probably flip DeRozan somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, but you at least solve sixty million dollars of payroll for one year. You know, in a one fell swoop, basically. Or you just DeRozan and try and compete with what you got. Like, because you're probably going to end up with Westbrook at that point. Yeah. Oh God, Westbrook and DeRozan on the same team. Oh. That's a that's a real Hooper's paradise, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> Did you oh, see that exchange between him and Kyrie where they talked about like, oh, I knew greatness would be out here early. Oh yeah, no, you know, know. was it him and Kyrie and Westbrook? Kyrie oh my Westbrook. God, no, you, Kyrie their ass. Yeah, Kyrie was gassing him up just to like make sure that he would screw up in the game. He would start feeling himself in the game and like lose the game for the Lakers. <laughs> it was next level. It was next level. Next level troll shit. Yep, yep. <laughs> totally. God, I hate Chuck Kyrie. The rehabilitation of Kyrie this year is so infuriating. So <laughs> what an utter ass that dude is. And you know it's he's going to rehabilitate himself and then just be as just as insufferable after he signs a big contract in the offseason. And yet they'll fall for it. Well, it they're about to pay him like $200 million. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's winner. good work if you can get it. Because he's a winner. <laughs> he leads by example. Of being a shit ass. <laughs> Okay, so we got the Grizz on to Thursday, Thursday, TNT, maybe, and then at Pacers at Wizards. Um, it's an e- the, I read that we have the second e- easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Yeah, but the fifth through the eleventh is rough. They got uh, six nights. Oh my God! Death Which album. is oh, what, what is that? I'm silver. Good God. Yeah, that's rough. And then it's the all-star break. (laughs) Then it's the all-star break. So we'll see how that... Hopefully the Cavs are still healthy after that. Yeah, if they're not, whatever. Yeah, and with with that, we will bid you good night. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. I can't believe we did a 134-minute podcast. I'm sorry. Hell yeah. The second half of this podcast where Nate just names all the players on every roster in the NBA. I love it. (laughs) That was awesome. You're the only one. How are the Cavs playing five nights, five and six nights? That's crazy. The fifth, the sixth, the eighth, the tenth, and the the eleventh. That's insane. It is insane.
I mean, that's five they games. Better, in, they better load manage that shit. My yeah, that's God. five games in six nights. Am I wrong? No. They better. They better just. You know, they better. If I don't see JB rest the guys two games out of those five, they need two out of those five off. Yeah, I mean, it's at Pacers at Wizards. The goofy thing is they couldn't have given them the freaking Pistons on one of those back-to-back games. Like, the yeah. Pistons are the one game in the middle, and I'm like, the Cavs are 100% going to not play well that game because it's the Pistons and they're going to mail it in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And Dude, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that is that is an insane. But it doesn't easier either. It's Then it's, it's five games in six nights. Or six games in eight the, nights? That's crazy. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. And then they. So when's the All Star break? Oh, it's, it's the right 15th after. to the 23rd. It's right so after. then they play the 13th and the 15th. So, yeah, it really is. That is an insane schedule. They play seven and nights yeah, between nights. the 5th to the 15th. That is nuts. Say <laughs> la vie. Yeah, that is insane. I can't believe that. Yeah, shit. Thank God it's San and San. Thank God San Antonio and Detroit are two of them. Yeah. Well, and then they play three and four as soon as they come back. They got the Nuggets, Hawks, and Raptors. Yeah, the meat grinder continues. Jesus. I'm. I'm honestly. Um. So I'm a, a of a two minds about like the fact that. Mitchell's probably the only guy going to the all-star game unless there's an injury replacement. Like I'm kind of happy in a way because the guys are going to get some rest. But the other side of it is I remember two years ago when Jared Allen sat on his couch for 10 days for the all-star break and took, took another three weeks to get back into game shape. Like my worry is that he just plays call of duty for 10 straight days. (laughs) So anyway, Okay, um, I'm not even gonna do pitches. Uh, go Cavs! Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, go Cavs. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.